Welcome to KMKNO's From the Ground Up, a podcast about Mi'kmaq archaeology from your Wumu Maklusawahan negotiation office, the best archaeological podcast on the internet. This week, we're doing a Conversations with series, and we have Kyle Sigalotti joining us. He's the managing partner of Cultural Resource Management Group, also known as CRM Group, based in Bedford, Nova Scotia. Uh, Kyle is currently the treasurer of the Nova Scotia Archaeological Society, a member of the CAA, Canadian Archaeological Association, and the Ontario Archaeology Society. With a fondness for GIS and the application of technology to the research and fieldwork, Kyle is a proponent of archaeology as a multidisciplinary study. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you for having me. So on this podcast, we're just going to have a conversation about archaeology as it relates to Mi'kmaq cultural materials and and that sort of thing. So Kyle, do you have much experience working with Mi'kmaq sites? Fair, a fair amount of my short career. I've been uh, with CRM Group for approximately 10 years and uh, graduated shortly there before uh, in that time to have reasonable amount of experience on working on Mi'kmaq sites and around Mi'kmaq sites uh, for sure. Yeah, some really, really interesting sites as well. That's great. So you've been working on Mi'kmaq sites for the majority of, of your career for the past 10 years. And yep. how long would you say that you've been working with KMKNO within that time? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say throughout the majority of that time. Pleased to say that the relationship's grown stronger as, as uh, the years have gone by. And But from the very beginning, I was spoiled with a very... Uh, interesting first projects with uh in my consulting career and it was uh kmk was heavily involved with a working group on that and uh, ever since then there's been really great experiences working with kmk oh it's great do you have maybe a favorite site that you can share with us some experiences from we've had some obviously down in uh, king's county there's been some uh, really really um amazing sites one in particular that uh, was uh, really significant to Mi'kma'ki in general, and it's probably representative of multiple sites in the province that just haven't been identified yet, but just so happened the circumstances for this site um, required mitigation, which is rare in Nova Scotia to see a proponent looking to push forward uh, with a mitigation project of that scale. So it was really amazing hundreds of thousands of cultural items recovered and identified uh, again and great engagement with uh, working groups with through KMK community representative uh, First Nations representatives NS Mi'kmaq chiefs really amazing experience overall and uh, through that I think really good relationships had fostered and grown from there so like I said I've, I was kind of spoiled on a, a couple really uh, amazing projects right out the right at the gates with my career yeah that's great in your undergrad did you have much kind of exposure or learning about Mi'kmaq culture, even though that's the main, you know, thing for archaeology? Not, I'll have to say, not through any archaeology courses. And I know SMU's got a great uh, archaeology program, but kind of focused more on landscape archaeology and urban archaeology, that kind of thing. Certainly room for improvement there. There was some good programs through the anthropology department on indigenous groups and Mi'kmaq specifically. So, but those were not archaeological based. Uh, so, a lot more cultural, sociocultural based uh, courses through St. Mary's. So, the combination of the two is good. But I'll have to say, I'll admit that there's room for growth. So, from kind of your education experience moving into actually working in archaeology, do you think that 
KMK or another Mi'kmaq organization or community group has kind of changed the way that you think about or do archaeology in relation to Mi'kmaq cultural materials? Absolutely. Yeah. No question there. It's the only way, like I said, was not uh, quite minimal coming from the university background. So working with the people uh, is is huge. Um, having the representative communities, uh, having input, um, learning about their own culture and having KMK be there to foster that relationship and having someone to share information with and receive information from has been really uh, affected. And I can, I can talk for myself personally, as for the most part, um, my understanding and appreciation for a broader landscape or a cultural view of what had been a really colonial driven occupation or um, yeah. So how do you think this shift and like viewpoint or like understanding occurred for you think that there is like one thing in your mind that you're like this is it or is it just like slowly over time as you get to know kind of Mi'kmaq people and Mi'kmaq culture that kind of builds and, and turns into a change of perspective I feel like I get that feeling all the time so it was over a long period of time it definitely grows but I feel like I, I get that feeling pretty constantly that something just clicks you say whoa that makes a lot more sense than the way we had talked about it before or that what that person just said, really going to try and take that into consideration to heart going forward, that kind of thing. So I find that happens, you get those feelings like, oh, there's a click moment, but that happens all the time and it's happened over my career so far. And I, I really find that exhilarating, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so it's more about having, would you say, people involved throughout the project that can kind of help bits and pieces here or there. If something is like not seeming right, it's not really clicking and someone's like, oh, well, this is possibly the reason that this is like this. Does that help? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And I'll admit, I can acknowledge my privilege as a white male that I don't know a lot about uh, a lot of things. And so I don't speak with any sort of mastery on any, on any of these topics. So that's why it's so important, I think, to have these engagements with knowledgeable parties. I'm not someone that can say, oh, this is this and that's what it means to someone else because I can only see from my viewpoint. So it's great to have that input from any, any point of a project from the beginning to the end of it and, and beyond to have that input from the representative communities is uh, invaluable for sure. So is your company doing things to incorporate Mi'kmaq viewpoints and interpretations into the work that you do? Yeah, we've been working on uh, trying to increase our engagement with KMK as well as directly with uh, representative First Nations for local projects. As you can understand, uh, the consulting archaeology, sometimes our timeline don't work out very well where there's such a rapid turnaround required where it's very difficult to actually get meaningful engagement done. But KMK always works really hard uh, with us to help us get that information. And if we're able to include communities as well from the field work to um, traditional knowledge to working groups all the better for these projects usually with a larger project you get a little bit more lead up time so it's easier to organize that kind of thing and in our reports we've been working on really uh, taking a hard look at uh, Mi'kmaq cultural landscape so though you may find a, a specific cultural material that may be related to Mi'kmaq its importance goes beyond its physical value. So it can have cultural value in multiple different uh, respects for sure. And, and it's hard to know that without actually engaging with the people. Absolutely. That's definitely true. Is there any ways that you guys are looking to more directly involve like individuals in your efforts? 
Absolutely. Um, like I said, we're, we're continually trying to improve our capacity with that and prioritize, especially within and beyond informing uh, communities if we're working in traditional territories of work that's proposed to be done from an archaeological standpoint, involving community liaisons if available, trying to get, if it's possible, to do information sharing or knowledge sharing with these community groups with the help of Camp KNO. And it's invaluable having community members be part of the work, whether it's from a liaison or monitoring capacity or actually physically being on site uh, from field technician to supervisor to uh, lab technician. I think that that experience is an invaluable experience for them that they're able to take back to the community as well as for us as, uh, again, um, having uh, the ability to share that information. Yeah, and I think that's really important when we're able to get community members directly involved in projects. I know that I've worked on projects with you before where you have had members of the community directly involved in the project. And I think that really enriches the project and also the interpretation of having people right on site. And it's also a very powerful thing for that community member to be directly involved with their heritage. And it's always such a privilege to be able to, to do archaeology, you know, to be able to this person for thousands of years to hold something that direct connection through time is really powerful. And I, I can only say it's so powerful for me, but I can't imagine how powerful it would be for someone that's directly, that's their heritage, that's their culture. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard, to, hard to comprehend, really. Yeah, and, and I think that's really why we at CAMK are, are really excited about and pushing for more opportunities for community members to be involved and not just in, in the field work, but also kind of in interpretation and working to broaden everyone's viewpoints on things you know even if it's not working in the field directly those interactions they help change your perspective of archaeology over time you're exactly right the perspective changes is huge and that will continue to ideally in 10 years i've seen it change and i think it'll continue to uh, improve and and everyone's perspective can change and evolve and improve for sure and just uh, because you've got one perspective on one thing at a time doesn't mean it won't uh, won't evolve into something else and, and become broader, ideally. Speaking of perspective, both personally and professionally, have you learned anything about this that you kind of started to incorporate into your work or your life? I absolutely do. I think, uh, again, I was talking, like I mentioned, I'm getting these like clicks all the time and my, my partner works in, in social work as well. And I find I get a lot of great feedback from them with this kind of thing. I'm finding like viewing a broader cultural landscape. So moving away from that uh, colonial sort of structure uh, in everyday life and appreciating our our natural landscape from a broader sense and perspective. And I find I'm as I progress with the work here, I I find I'm I'm taking that to -to day-to-day life outside of my professional life for sure. Yeah, I think it's really interesting the way that sometimes like once that perspective clicks with you, it kind of stays with you and you you see everything in a a slightly different way. And even, I guess, even topically, uh, looking at the federal election, which I won't get into, but I can taking more that kind of broader viewpoint. So is there anything that you would have liked to see in the future for either your company or for archaeology in general? You know, like, where do you think we're headed? Absolutely. I think personally, again, I'd like to continue and improve our capacity for lead up time, I think is a key part having being able to give people enough notice. It's really not reasonable to expect a quick really like a four-day turnaround on some of these things that you're asking a lot of, of people for these kind of things. So 
proving that comes from us trying to work with uh, clients, trying to inform them that into, in, in order to get a meaningful representative or representation of the cultural background, we need a reasonable amount of time to do the proper engagement knowledge sharing. Um, if it's a, a two-day thing, two-day turnaround, we're really not able to do that before hitting the field, which is really disappointing. So we're looking to improve our communication that way so we can improve our capacity. Again, uh, continue with our capacity with projects to have people involved from every aspect, from the from local communities, from KMKNO, from, and uh, forming working groups uh, all over the province. Uh, as well as maybe in, in, in the future, uh, I guess ideally I would like to see if it was possible liaisons identified with communities. So we, they'd have someone available that we could directly communicate with on short notice. So that's not, again, not an ideal situation if that circumstances, which they do occur, that we do have someone we can talk to and share information with. And those people could, I mean, I'm not sure how that structure works, but obviously people need to be uh, compensated for their time and that sort of thing. So ideally that could be in the future. We do a lot of work in um, the Southwest Ontario, and that's a sub, um, kind of the structure that works there. You would, uh, especially with um, you're dealing with multiple groups and multiple uh, cultural perspective on a site, and it's really I find really informative and really really important to a project if there's multiple cultural representations on a, any given site. I think it's again invaluable to have that input on these projects. Speaking of of the timing, that is really difficult because a lot of these projects, you know, sometimes there are emergencies that need to be done very quickly and it, it's difficult for that. And then just other normal commercial projects, sometimes there's really not a lot of time and it makes it difficult for yeah. everyone involved to, to scramble to, to get things yeah. together. Rescue archaeology is one thing, but it's another if it's just someone that's left it too late and then needs yeah. it all of a sudden. They need it done yesterday. Uh, it's really difficult to get it from an archaeological standpoint and a cultural engagement standpoint. Very, very difficult. And, and you know, because you are a commercial archaeology company, like you get work from proponents and stuff, you know, it, it makes it difficult for you guys because you're put in a rough spot that your client wants something very, very quickly, but you feel that you need more time to reach out so absolutely you know, i appreciate that that puts you guys in a really tricky situation yeah it does but it uh, i think it's it's worthwhile putting that to the proponent and uh and, and informing them that moving forward these are the way things should be done in order to have a meaningful engagement take place because it's really not respectful and uh, you're not getting a fulsome view of the of the the project without it and not yeah. that any project goes without but it just may come after the uh field work's undertaken which isn't ideal either. Yeah, and you know, I think that it really adds something to the fullness of the report if we can get you know a good perspective before we go out into the field. It really helps you Absolutely. see things differently and maybe see things that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Absolutely, and ha having the opportunities to have, and I'll say like uh, meetings with Camp KNO prior to meetings, even if it's online, I think has really really benefited us, and it gives us something to chew on quite a bit before hitting the field, and gives us an opportunity to uh, adjust our field methodology because there may be questions, maybe things we didn't think of. That input is always great because again, we don't know everything, so it's always interesting to hear different perspectives on field methodology or research methodology for sure. Is there anything that else that you'd kind of like to add or like to talk about in terms of Enigma archaeology? I think we're headed in a good direction, I guess is all I'd say. I've noticed it steadily improving and steadily um, or maintaining 
a high standard. Obviously, there's continued improvement. And I know KMK has increased your, their capacity with uh, engagement, which has been really great uh, for archaeologists. And I'm sure you're seeing from your end that more consultants are directly engaging with you. I remember a few years ago, there was uh, one question to, uh, I think, uh, a group of archaeologists was how many people even know what uh, a knowledge request is. And there was maybe half the people didn't put their hands up. I'm assuming that would be very different today. So I think that's really good. Again, always continued uh, need for improvement. And maybe there's even room for more meetings directly regarding or events regarding Mi'kmaq archaeology for the consulting community with KMK versus just focused on archaeology. We can have something specifically about uh, Mi'kmaq and Indigenous archaeology sometime in the future, I think would be really great. Yeah, definitely. And for those listeners who don't know what a knowledge request is that (laughs) I just mentioned, whenever an archaeologist gets a permit in Nova Scotia, they are encouraged to contact us and we will provide them with some information that we have here in-house on kind of Mi'kmaq historical information that we've had from the archives from about uh, 20 plus years of research and also some traditional use information that that we are aware of that the archaeologist will keep confidential and that doesn't go directly into the reports. So it's just us providing the archaeologist a little bit of baseline information to help them along their way. Thanks. I already forgot that I said I wouldn't include any jargon, but thank you for (laughs) (laughs) clarifying. No, that's all right. And I think it's a good thing that we mentioned them so that our listeners can know kind of what the process is. I think it's really encouraging that your company is is willing to sit down and and talk with us for these podcasts too. I mean, it goes a long way for us and for you guys to be able to get out there and, and, you know, be able to directly communicate with community members. As you say, having that communication is is key. We're happy to have a chat anytime. Uh, Speaking in public, even though kind of online isn't my favorite thing, but it's, uh, I think it's always worthwhile to have a chat and again, other people's perspectives for sure. Right. Well, thanks for joining us, Kyle. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. One take. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Have a good day. As always, if you have any questions, send us an email. You can contact us at info at Mi'kmaqRights.com. That's I-N-F-O at M-I-K-M-A-Q-R-I-G-H-T-S dot com.